Warning. The following contains massive spoilers for the designated series. Listener discretion is advised. You are being watched. You're listening to the Television Archive. The show where we, the television-loving hordes of the internet, take a deep dive into what used to be in our beloved media. My name is Thomas Michael Clark, and this is Person of Interest. These people irrelevant. We don't. Hunted by the authorities. We work in secret. You'll never find us. But victim or perpetrator, if your number's up, we'll find you. be discussing season two episode 11 titled two pi r yet another very very good episode uh that makes brilliant use of the aftermath of reese getting arrested by agent idiot Uh, (laughs) i know he has a name i know it's donnelly but i will only refer to him as agent idiot because he is in fact an agent And also, in fact, an idiot. (laughs) The man is stupid. The man is cartoonishly dumb. Uh, But we get really clever aftermath on this. And I I will be focusing most of the talk of actual plot points on this front to later in the discussion. Because I want to spend some time talking about our new number first. But it is worth noting that... They use this development to do a very clever twist on the person of interest formula. Because usually we're used to seeing all Reese all the time. Even in episodes where Reese is kind of sidelined, like the one time he's in a wheelchair, rear window style. Or the time Finch tries to sideline him for his birthday. uh, Even then, like, Reese does start to come in more to the forefront later on in the episode... And it's more of a temporary limitation. This time, like, Reese does not get involved in our number at all. Reese is just fully not involved. Uh, It's all the Finch show. It's all Finch working with Fusco. Dealing with this new number. The new number being a high school student. Uh, So Finch goes in as a substitute math teacher. And we investigate this student. We find out that even though he has, like, about as middling grades as middling gets, he's actually kind of a genius. And he's just, like, hiding the fact that he's, like, incredibly, incredibly intelligent. He's hiding the fact that he's just this, like, big, smarty, smart pants like the dude's a damn savant particularly when it comes to math and computers he loves his like computer science class uh he's there all the time talking about uh the history of hackers the guy who like hacked the arpanet and all of that And so the question is, like, well, why is this guy hiding how smart he is? Uh, We also find out that this kid lost his brother due to a subway accident. 
few years back. Problem is, this subway accident, there's a lot of suspicious shit around it. There's a lot of suspicious stuff going on. Uh, Apparently, the transit cop who called it in was asking for backup, but then canceled the backup request. Initially, the story was he was pushed, but then the story changed to it was an accident. sus. And then we dive deeper into the rabbit hole of this dude's life, as we so often do. Uh, and we find out that these drug dealers he had an altercation with earlier in the episode. Turns out he's actually their secret shadowy kingpin. He is actively like, running the drug market in his school and pocketing a crap ton of cash, which causes a problem because a rival drug dealer, a rival drug lord is like, hey, you're stepping on my territory, give me back all the money you made selling to my customers, or I will kill you. We also find out he's writing this incredibly sophisticated computer program, which it would appear our computer science teacher is stealing for his own financial gain. He hacked into the kid's account, stole the program, and is like selling it to a VC firm. For a boatload of cash. And both want to meet this kid. Both the rival drug dealer and the computer science teacher want to meet this kid at like literally exactly the same time. So the question is, which meet is he going to take? Meanwhile, the entire time, we're going into this subway accident further, going into it further, going into it further, going into it further. And the theory is, well, these dealers that are under his thumb are the people who killed his brother. And he's manipulating them and uh, prepping his revenge. but is, has kind of gotten himself into a bit of a bind. So, we're operating under that assumption, and then Fusco sits down this transit cop and is like, hey, I know that this, 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 and this is the case. And then the dude's like, okay, look. It was an accident. You're right to ask these questions, but it was an accident. The, the kid had a bunch of inconsistencies in his story. And then he admitted to me that they were playing a game to see uh, how many times uh, you can cross the tracks before a train comes. They got very competitive. And then the older brother jumped across the tracks and got hit. By the train. The kid blames himself. 
I didn't feel the need to put that in the report. I just wrote it down as an accident. Because it was an accident, I just didn't say the details. So, it was an accident that he blames himself for. And then we go to our two meets. Doesn't show up for the drug dealers. Who Fusco then takes care of off screen. And he doesn't show up for the computer science teacher either. The computer science teacher, when Finch confronts him, is like, No, I'm not taking this for my own gain. Uh, This kid, he wanted me to sell this program. He wanted me to sell this compression algorithm that he wrote. And he didn't want credit. He didn't want credit. Uh, He didn't want any of the money. Or actually, I think it was like 50-50, I think it was. But, like, he didn't want any of the credit. He didn't want that much of the money. Like, we had an agreement that I would step in and, like, be the face of this thing. But I didn't take that. I'm giving him all the credit. I'm giving him all the money. I'm giving him everything. Uh, It was better for everyone if I sell it. On my own. And then reveal who the real creator is. But I'm not going to take anything from him. I'm not accepting that deal. And then we find out. The name of this algorithm. 17621. Which apparently is a tribute. According to our computer science teacher. It is at this moment that everything becomes painfully clear. This kid was never in any danger from anyone other than himself. Yes, he is about to be involved in a violent crime. Yes, he is setting the stage to do something Horrendous. But it's against himself. This kid, overwhelmed by the guilt of his brother's death, is about to take his own life. The drug deal, the compression algorithm, all of that, was to get as much money as possible for his mother, who is struggling, both financially and with alcoholism, to make sure she's well off when he's gone. He called the compression algorithm 17621 because his brother was... 17 years, 6 months, and 21 days old when he died. It's the same age that he is now. And that is the day he decided to take his own life. And we get this amazing, amazing scene where Finch 
goes to the subway, sits down with this kid and is like, hey, don't do it. I'm way oversimplifying this, but that that is the gist of what he's saying. He's given this whole monologue about how the world is better off with him in it. About how running away from his mistakes is not the answer. Blaming himself and driving himself to death is not the answer. And he's able to talk this kid quite literally off the ledge. It's a really phenomenal story. It's a really incredible standalone narrative that is so poetic, so profound, so brilliant, and I love everything. Everything about it. It's so, so goddamn good. Oh, also, it's heavily implied that Finch is the kid who hacked the ARPANET back in the day. So, there's that. (laughs) Oh, and also, Finch gives this kid his phone number. Hidden amongst 3,000 digits of pi. (laughs) Which is... The most Finch thing to do. Now, while we're getting this incredible, incredible story, Reese is still in prison. And we're still working on trying to get Reese out. So Carter launches on this whole crusade to get rid of all the DNA evidence that can flag Reese as the man in the suit. Deleting the fingerprints and also switching out the the mouth swabs. That were taken from all the man in the suit candidates. She does this really, really fantastic thing where she goes to a club, seduces a man, drugs him, and then, like, does a spit swab. And then breaks in to the DNA lab and switches out the swabs, tampers with the evidence. Remember, Carter's the one who always says, we have to operate inside the law. We have to operate inside the law. We have to operate inside the law. This is how devoted Carter is to Reese. This is how much Carter does not want Reese to go down. She's willing to break her own moral code to get him out. The 72 hours that Donnelly has to charge his man-in-the-suit candidates are up, and it's looking like Reese is about to get out. And then he's like, um, they're all being charged with unlawful combatants. Uh, they're all being considered unlawful combatants. And they're being held in your prison now indefinitely. Put them all back in. Hey, hey, Carter. Uh, come over here. So, this guy tampered with the evidence somehow. And we need to figure out who it is. So... I know you were an interrogator in Iraq. So you're going to interrogate all four of these guys. Starting with that one. Pointing to Reese. So yeah. This is like ratcheting up some tension here by Agent Idiot. By the way, Agent Idiot... 
fully, like, just digging himself a deeper hole of being an idiot, tells Carter, like, you're the only one I trust now. (laughs) Wow. Um, Your instincts are shit. How are you an FBI agent? (laughs) How the hell are you part of the FBI? How the hell are you leading this investigation? How are you a special agent? What the hell? You're stupid. You're a dumb man. (laughs) I cannot stress enough how dumb this person is. Jesus Christ. Uh, So yeah, Reese, still in jail, and Carter now has to interrogate him. Get ready for that wonderful, wonderful development. Uh, if you like this, favorite the podcast, anchor.fm slash TV archive, so that you can be here every single Monday through Friday as I go through every single episode of this and other shows. And you can find it on pretty much whatever podcast or app you prefer. Feel free to call in as well. It's simple as just to push my button on the Anchor app. I'll play those on the show from time to time if you feel so inclined to send those in. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, TomTom4468, and support the show. Patreon.com slash Thomas Clark. Pledge just a dollar a month. I appreciate everything I get through there. If you become a patron, you can also get access to the Television Archive Supplemental, which I will put up over there once every month. Or, if that doesn't work for you, you can also support this show directly via Anchor. I appreciate that as well. Tomorrow we will be discussing Season 2, Episode 12. Talk to you then.